Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Red Sox Precap with your hosts, Keaton DeRocher and Shelley Verstraight, part of the Over the Monster Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Red Sox Precap Podcast, the podcast from the Over the Monster Podcast Network, where we recap the series just ended, preview the series that's about to start. This sucks. Uh, standing in for uh, Shelley is Bob Osgood, voice you have heard on other Over the Monster Podcasts. Probably the prospect pod. He's filled in on a couple other things. Uh, well, thanks for stepping in on this gloomy night, Bob. This is the one that you uh, you chose for me to fill in on, Keaton? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Just like I planned. Thanks for having me. Thanks for stepping in. Well, let's get right to it. Um, no use wasting time. <laughs> Red Sox get swept by the Yankees. Now sit in second wild card position while the Yankees took over first. Game one, Friday night, Yankees get the win 8-3. to three. Nathan Valdi, final line, two and two-thirds innings, seven hits, seven earned runs, two walks, no strikeouts. He had nothing working. Bob, what went wrong here for Nate? Yeah, I mean everything from the start. Uh, really just leaving balls over the plate. Everything was hit hard. Um, somebody pointed out to me last week that Nate Valdi has the highest war in the entire American League of all starting pitchers, which blew me away because I wouldn't start him in a one-game playoff, even though he has definitely had a, a solid season. Um, but just, 
I can see this happening again, and I certainly wouldn't start him in a game against the Yankees if you had to coin flip between Evaldi and Sale. Um, like you said, no strikeouts, nine base runners. Just um, he got smoked from the beginning in a in a huge spot and just didn't come up big this week. Yeah, and this is kind of why Jake uh, is not a big fan of war with pitchers. And, right. Um, he mentioned this when Evaldi made the all-star team because we looked and at the time he was second in the American League in war, but in terms of like ERA, he was like 14th and a bunch of other stats. He was like middle of the pack, even though he's having a nice season for himself. He's having the best year of his career. Definitely. Um, but but it's just weird to see that given how uh, we've seen him be really inconsistent like this at times. But obviously he's been better more often than not, but it's not leaving a great taste in your mouth. Um, as we mentioned Nothing working, got hit often and hard. Three runs in the first, couldn't get out of the third. Uh, Sawamura came in in relief after, went two and a third. One walk, two strikeouts. Barnes had a nice inning, one hit, two strikeouts. And then Perez finished off the last three, giving up one more run in the eighth inning, seventh inning, seventh inning. Then was able to finish it off. Red Sox bats, though, uh, Rafael Devers did get a three-run home run off Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole... Did get a quality start, but it wasn't his sharpest that he's been. Six innings, five hits, three earned, uh, three walks, and six strikeouts. Red Sox stranded 14, which is uh, not as bad as they have been in other times as we've reviewed this. But um, anything from the bats there, they did just kind of scattered hits. Kike Hernandez was the only one who had multiple hits. Um, Devers, of course, doing the damage on his one hit. Was there anything there, or was it just... Uh, you know, tough going against Cole. Yeah, no, it was a tough go. I think, uh, although it doesn't look as good tonight, I was surprised that Dahlbeck took a seat in the first game uh, just with how hot he's been over the last five or six weeks. Uh, Schwarber got the start there, was at first base, and had a pretty unfortunate misplay uh, where I don't know who he saw near him, but let a ball fall in that ended up being the, the seventh earned run for Ivaldi. So, uh Dolbeck didn't really prove me right on uh, on Sunday night uh, with the 4Ks, but I would have liked to seen him out there Friday with how hot he had been going into that game. Yeah, all told, seven strikeouts in the three-game series for Dolbeck, only one hit. Does that concern you, or is that a small enough sample that you still feel that he's, you know, more often than not will be better than that? Yeah, I think the next week is going to be, you know, very important to determine whether he's going to play against good right-handers in a wild-card game and a subsequent playoff series. I would have said yes three days ago. Um, if he's in one of those Dahlbeck funks that lasts for 10 games, which it tends to do, uh, then he might not be. But hopefully he can turn it back around against uh, some shaky pitching we could see over the next week. Yeah. That wraps up game one. Then into game two, Nick Pavetta versus Nestor Cortez Jr. Nick Pavetta actually outpitched Cortez here. Uh, seven strikeouts, no walks, only one earned run, and three hits in five and a third innings. What did you see from Pavetta here? Yeah, he you know just looked confident, and you can kind of tell when he gets in a zone where you know the fastball is working and the curveball is working, and he's keeping the ball around the plate, and and that's what he did uh, for five and a third innings the other day, and really looked good. Uh, Should have left with um, probably a three run lead if there hadn't been a robbed home run out in right field, so he he left 
you know, with the lead two to one at that point. And I don't know. I just thought he looked confident and I really like to see that Nick Pavetta. And I feel like he steps up in big games. He did this earlier in the year against uh, DeGrom and the Mets. I, I feel like he really lives for the moment. Yeah. There's been a few times where uh, he's on that. You mentioned the one about DeGrom early in the season. And uh, I think there was a couple around the all-star game too, where he's gone up against, uh, either the best pitcher that the other staff has had or one of the hottest. Nestor Cortez is on quite a hot streak here over the second half for the Yankees uh, and has been able to to rise to the moment, which gives you hope for him in the playoffs, um, although it has been another inconsistent season. Yep. And then came the eighth inning after Profeta was out in sequence that really everyone could kind of see coming from a mile away. Um uh, Red Sox get two quick outs, then Aaron Judge walks, Darwin's and Hernandez comes in, hits Anthony Rizzo on a 3-1 count, and then on the very next pitch, Giancarlo Stanton breaks the game open, Grand Slam. Yeah, Thoughts? so <laughs> I, <laughs> you don't need to ask any questions. Um, I, I think personally, even though I know that Hauk had walked four batters at that point, two in each inning. I think once you brought Darwin's and Hernandez in there, that it just kind of left open the opportunity for what happened. I mean, he threw Rizzo five balls. He happened to chase one of them up in the zone. He drilled him with the fifth one. I don't want to bring in a guy who has seven walks per nine to replace a guy who doesn't have great control at that time. I would rather have Tanner Hauk there against Rizzo, who often finds a way to pitch out of jams then bring Darwin's in with runners on base. I just don't think it's gone well in the past. I think you need to bring him in uh, fresh at the beginning of an inning and just hope that, you know, he doesn't walk the bases loaded or something like that. I just, I don't know. I didn't love the move. He's walked seven plus in his career, 6.8 per nine this year. I know that he uh, has had, you know, good ERA over his last 15, 20 appearances, but I just would have stayed with Hulk there, especially with Stanton on deck, because as we know, you have to leave him in for three batters, and uh, that leads to what happened after that. Yeah, I I mean, I get the move to a lefty. You have Rizzo, who's a lefty, then Stanton, but then Gallo follows that as a third one. So two out of the three you're facing are lefties. I get the move, and at the time, you only needed one out. So there's yep. a a chance of getting the out. You didn't even need to face the righty, but Darwinson's just not the man. No. And I know they'd had some injuries, but I, in that moment, I would have felt better even going to a righty and yeah. maybe even maybe going to, to Matt Barnes for him to pitch uh, consecutive days. It just kind of, as soon as Darwinson came in, you just could kind of feel the meltdown was meltdown was imminent. And that is exactly what happened. And it was interesting, Cora going out to uh, to talk to him before Stanton got up. Uh, wonder what he said there, but it surely didn't work. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> it was hopefully not, you know, toss one over the plate, here you go. Right. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so 5-3 the final day, the Red Sox were able to attack one on. Uh, the hitters, Plucky, uh was the only player that had two hits. He did have an RBI. Uh, the rest all just scattered hits there. Uh, after Darwin's and Hernandez, Brazier came in, pitched an inning. Brazier seems to be getting stronger and stronger. Where do you lie on him? Because I wasn't even sure. 
I felt all that comfortable with him coming back at all this year with uh, the bullpen that they've had, but he has been much better than expected. He's kind of been back to that 2019, uh, early 2020 form. Where are you on Brazier? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You'll probably talk about it on your pod this week, but how many guys do you trust in the bullpen right now? Because as I'm sure we'll get to, Ottavino is a mess. Um, you know, Barnes has had multiple issues, both with with COVID and then before that uh, on the field. Uh, you know, it's like, do we trust Hansel Robles and Ryan Brazier? Is that the group now with Whitlock and Taylor on the IL? It's it's tough. I mean, it's just flip a coin. Um, you know, Garrett Richards, you did, and then he struggled a little bit in the Sunday night game. So, yeah, I mean, I have no problem with them bringing Brazier in right now. He's throwing strikes, and it looks like he has some confidence. That's a good point. I did used to feel really strongly about this bullpen like a week ago, but everybody's kind of melted down <laughs> that that you tend to have that trust in. Yeah, and it doesn't feel great anymore. Yeah, I think I think two injuries is a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, those are Whitlock and and Taylor are, um, you know, cornerstones of that bullpen and were a huge part of why this the stats and just everything had kind of fallen into place and. I don't know. Was I guess it started with Fran Mil Reyes's home run off of Ottavino, but it's been I don't remember more than one good outing after that. So I just I don't know who I trust. I, I think Core is kind of in a tough situation, even though I, you know, I said I didn't love the Darwin's in move, but it, it, it's hard to really say that this is the right arm in this spot for any of the guys right now. I mean, Robles has been their best reliever for a month, and surely wouldn't have said that. Yeah, not great. No. Not great. That led us into tonight. Looking to fend off the sweep. Red Sox end up dropping it 6-3 to three in just another spectacular fashion here. Um, the line here for uh, Eduardo Rodriguez versus Jordan Montgomery. The line for Rodriguez. Five innings pitched, six hits, two earned, one walk, eight strikeouts. Generally looked pretty good, really, until the end, that fifth inning where um, – He's, he really kind of started to struggle to get through that inning. But you know, overall, what did you see from Hero tonight? Yeah, I thought he had every pitch working, and he had you know ball the uh, ball moving in, in all different directions, and really liked what I saw. And it was similar to the outing before, not with wildness, but you know, kind of gets to around that fifth inning, and you see him hit a wall, and he's thrown a lot of innings this year, so it's not shocking uh you know his era doesn't look great it's 4.93 but he a lot of those indicators uh with the babbit highest babbit in the league i believe kind of show that he should have a lower era than that i i thought he pitched well in a big spot and overall i was happy with how eddie looked tonight yeah me too uh hear me he ran into trouble in the fifth where he loaded the bases with uh nobody out but was able to get out of it he's been able to get um, I think this was the second straight start that he ended up loading the bases with uh, nobody out and only gave out gave up two runs. Um, you know, obviously not a great scenario or outcome, but uh, being able to work out of it and kind of you know not put the game out of reach yep. is something that the Red Sox need and shouldn't be that big a deal given that like when the Red Sox bullpen is healthy, it should be able to to make up for those mistakes. Jordan Montgomery, though, over the past uh, month or so has just been on absolute fire and really kept the Red Sox at bay. Seven hits in five innings, but all just completely scattered. Red Sox didn't get an extra base hit 
until late in this game. Uh, actually, I don't think they did at all. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, Devers had a double late in, in the uh, in the eighth inning. So yeah, not a whole lot strung together there for the Red Sox. Only four strikeouts for Montgomery as well. Um, and then the fun happened after Erod got out. Uh, Erod left with a down two with the Red Sox down two to one in the seventh inning, and Kyle Schwarber at the plate pinch hitting. Two dropped pop-ups, one from DJ LeMahieu in foul territory and the other from Gallo out in left field, allowed the Red Sox to score two runs and take the lead. And then the top of the eighth happens. <laughs> and what has got to be one of the most, like, there's been a few losses this year where it's been like a real gut punch for the Red Sox. This feels like it might have been the worst, mainly because they gave Giancarlo Stanton three chances to do something. Uh, Dahlbuck dropped a pop-up in foul territory. And then on the next pitch, Stanton struck out, but Vasquez dropped the ball on the transfer. And Joe West behind the plate said, that was a foul tip, sir. Yeah, it it, that was a judge was at bat, right? I think it was yeah, a judge that, at bat. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> we actually did a uh, early in the game, uh, we were recording a little bit. Uh, on another live stream, we we said, you know, Joe West is going to find a way to jump into this game in some way. We don't know where it's going to be, whether it's an ejection or, you know, something dramatic. And geez, I it I had no idea that that wasn't a play that you could review. It was so clear that it was on the transfer. It seemed to me like it was two seconds after it happened. Um, but yeah, between that and Dahlbeck for the second day in a row. I don't know, just getting a little bit skittish over near the dugout there. I mean, this one was not even close to the dugout. He had three or four more steps and just kind of short-armed it. Um, Yeah, just terrible. Twilight Zone kind of thing, you know. Late night, Sunday night game where you're just giving them so many chances. And when you see that it's Judge and Stanton, there was no way that they were going to get out of that after we gave them a third chance. Yep. And then after that uh, failed third strike, uh, that, like you said, was not reviewable, which was the real gut punch, very next pitch, Aaron Judge laced a two-run double to give the Yankees back the lead, and then Stanton followed that up with a monster two-run shot over everything and left. And that's all she wrote. Yeah, much Red to Sox... uh, the excitement of Matt Vaskersian, of course. <laughs> yeah. he. I mean, yeah. It was fun when you know, the previous inning when he was excited for the Gallo drop, but uh, yeah, just hurt him a little more. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox bats. Devers had two hits. Verdugo had two hits. Kike Hernandez had two hits. Again, everything was all scattered. Eleven hits on the night for the Red Sox, who did out hit the Yankees, stranding sixteen, twice as many as the Yankees, but just unable to actually string them together. All that said. Game three goes to the Yankees, six to three, three-game sweep for the Yankees, who now take over the top spot in the wild card. Um, now is usually when we pick the MVP of the series. So who you got? <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, you go first. I'm gonna go Devers. He had himself a nice little series. Yeah, that's probably the move. 
I'll go Enrique. I think he had a couple of two-hit games, right? He did. Give him a hat tip for showing up and playing hard and not making any mental errors and big spots like so many others did. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. All right, we will uh, take a quick break and then come back and very, very quickly preview Baltimore. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your up-to-the-minute Major League Baseball standings. American League East, the Rays. Lead the Yankees by 8, the Red Sox by 9, the Blue Jays by 10, Baltimore by 47. In the wild card, the Yankees are a game up on the Red Sox, who have the second spot, who are a game up on the Blue Jays, and then a bunch of other teams, a couple games behind them. Now, the good news for the Red Sox is Baltimore Orioles come to town, and the pitching matchups should heavily favor the Red Sox here. Game 1 on Tuesday, Chris Sale versus Bruce Zimmerman. Wednesday, Game 2, Nathan Valdi versus Zach Lothar. And Game 3 on Thursday is currently listed as TBD, but I believe uh, that would be... Um, I'm blanking. Not Pavetta. Who's the other one? Well, Erod's the other one, and then it could be Hauk. It could be kind of like a oh, right, right, right. hybrid bullpen game type of thing. Yep, probably that's where it's headed because it's Baltimore. Uh, so, yeah, currently TBD, and uh, we'll just see what happens. Yeah. Um, Lothar and – oh, that's against Alexander Wells in game three. Lothar and Wells both have ERAs over seven. Are you expecting any kind of resistance from Baltimore in these three games? No, especially the first two. You would have to think that Sale and Evaldi can take care of business against Zimmerman and Lothar. Um, you know, that's the – the only silver lining here is that team that you said is 47 games out of first is is who we're going to play here. Um, they miss John Means, and they miss Keegan Aiken, who just went on the IL, who, you know, is no stud, especially if you look at his stats, but has actually uh, kept opponents in three runs or less in quite a few starts over the last month or two. So he's been decent. Um, they're pitching three minor leaguers, in my opinion. You should sweep. Uh, at the very least, you should get two, even though it's on the road. Um, so we'll see. I mean, this is going to be a huge test for Alex Cora as a manager to just get everybody straightened back out on the off day and say, you know, this is still in your hands and you just got to take care of business to get in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, they can still even get a home game against that same team if they take care of business. So. Yeah, since that opening series sweep by Baltimore way back in April, the Red Sox have won 12 of the next 13. If this is 
anything but a sweep, it is a failure. Yeah. But the good news for the Red Sox is the Yankees in Toronto get to cannibalize themselves over the next three games, so there is a 95% chance they gain at least a game on one of those two, so they should at least hold their spot going into the last series of the year, which Toronto then gets Baltimore, the Yankees get Tampa Bay, and the Red Sox get Washington. So although downer of a series, they're still in a playoff spot currently, and they have just one easy-ass schedule over the last six games that should keep them in a playoff position, and they still, like you just pointed out, have a tremendous shot at hosting that wildcard game. Yep. You just got to uh, intentionally walk Cedric Mullins and Juan Soto all week and should be okay. Yeah. These teams literally have one player who can beat them, so right. <laughs> let's not let that happen. Yep. Um, prediction for MVP. I think we both feel like we've predicted a sweep, so uh, we'll just move on to MVP. Yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Sale because I think he's starting game one and that's who you want to have the ball after what just happened. And I think he'll step up and throw six innings and strike out ten batters and, you know, say, is anybody else going to step up here? He's 5-0 and since coming off of Tommy John surgery, <laughs> for crying out loud. So hopefully he only needs to throw Tuesday and the next time that we see him will be the following Tuesday in a one-game playoff. Um, but still have him in your back pocket on Sunday if you do need that game to either get in the playoffs or to, to have the game be at home, which I think if it's, I don't know what you think, if it's, you know, you need Sale to throw on Sunday to get the four seed to play at home, I think I would do it, but I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think you do. Um, I mean, I, I felt... <sighs> I mean, if all these last outing was so bad, but he's been much better than that, more much more consistently. So yeah, I guess I would I would still feel okay uh, with Evaldi going in the wild card game. Although ideally you'd like to have Sale, but I think there's a huge difference with one game having home field advantage because there is no tomorrow. So Agreed. you, there, I think so much more rides on that versus if you're playing in an, a series where it's it's going to go back and forth. There, there is no away game after after the the playing game. So, I think you got to do what you can to to get the home field there. So, if you need that game on Sunday, I think you got to go sail. Yeah, that'll be a tough decision if it comes down to that. I can, I can see it going both ways. And my pick for MVP was also uh, sail for the exact same reasons. Need someone to get this bad taste out of our mouth. Poor opponent, Chris Sale being angry, he's going to mow everybody down. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Precap Podcast. Thanks for listening. We will be with you again later in the week to recap Baltimore and preview the last series of the regular season for your Boston Red Sox. Thanks for listening.